Hello, I'm Ken Rackward, and this is Mining Biblical Truth. Welcome. This video is a, a word study. Uh, a word study is uh, uh, an effort to explore how uh, particular words uh, are used throughout the scriptures. And uh, th this week, I'm pleased to bring you a study of the word worms, which may seem to be a very unusual <laughs> choice. So let's start with how do worms refer to man? In Job 25, 6, how much less man than that is a worm? And the son of man, which is a worm. Note here the interesting aspect that in, in the ancient book of Job, the term son of man appears. And in Psalm 22, 6, which of course is messianic, uh, uh, the writer says, but I am a worm, not a man. Um, Bildad, speaking to Job, calls man a worm in comparison to the greatness of God. The Hebrew word here is the same as in Exodus, uh, Ramah, not just any worm, but a maggot that feeds on putrefied flesh. Hmm. Not a pretty picture, as you see here, with this fish being consumed by worms. Worms remind me of going fishing, which uh, I never really uh, enjoyed having to uh, uh, pick up this slimy worm and try to get it on the hook. <laughs> Worms, of course, live in the dirt, and the Hebrew word for man is uh, Adam, and for dirt is Adama, appropriately, because God made us from dirt. So that's an interesting connection between us and worms, the dirt connection. And our bodies return to the earth, and we become food for the worms. Job 21, 26, they shall lie uh, down alike in the dust, and the worms shall cover them. And in Job 7, 5, my flesh is clothed with worms and clots of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. So worms or maggots were inhabiting the oozing sores on Job's body. Um, this is symbolic of sin eating us alive and makes us repulsive to God and man. Worms devour. It's a metaphor for being eaten away by sin. Uh, Isaiah 66, 24 says, And they shall go forth and look on the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worm shall not die. Uh, this is reminiscent of picturing hell as being slowly devoured, but never dying. Mark 9, 45, 46 and if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter uh, half into life uh, than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And, of course, it's Jesus speaking here. And Job 7, 17, What is man that thou shouldst uh, magnify him? and that thou shouldst set thine heart upon him. Like digging up worms from the earth, God digs us out of sin, exposing us to the light of his truth. But amazingly, he does not do so in order to feed us to the fishes, 
but to redeem us so we can dwell with him and become fishers of men. Psalm 113, 7a says, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of their people. Job connects seeing God to a living or eternal redeemer, possibly the oldest reference to the Messiah as a redeemer and a resurrection of the body. In Job 19, 25, 26, uh, which amazingly says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he shall stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Hmm. How does it make you feel to be redeemed in order to see God? And Isaiah 51, 7, 8 says, Listen to me, you who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear not the reproach of men, nor be dismayed at the revilings, for the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation to all generations. The sins against us are temporary, um, but our salvation is eternal. God promises to judge evil. To what degree are you able to rest in him? knowing that he will bring about justice in the end. Isaac Watts saw himself as a worm, un undeserving of Christ's sacrifice, when he wrote, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? It's amazing for us also. So here that that we see we've gone from from worms to man to dirt to sin to hell to the redeemer Jesus. So how is Christ like a worm? Well, he was humiliated, spit on, st uh, struck and mocked. He became a curse for us. He made himself of no reputation, literally in Greek to be made void or empty. The Jews trampled him on him like we would think nothing of crushing a worm under our shoe. How much, uh, Hebrews 10, 29 says, how much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and who has insulted the spirit of grace? Hmm. So the thought occurs to me, what is the most difficult stain to remove? What do you think? Well, I think most people would say blood. Like criminals who cannot erase all traces of blood from a murder scene, as shown above, we are unable to hide our sins from God. Paradoxically, only the blood of Jesus can remove the blood-like stain of our sins to make us white as wool. Sin even stains our prayers and our tears. Charles Spurgeon said, Our prayers have stains in them. Our faith is mixed with unbelief. Our repentance is not so tender as it should be. Our communion is distant and interrupted. We cannot pray without sinning, and there is filth even in our tears. Ah, the, uh, you might want to pause the, the tape here and, and reread that because it's uh, very convicting. 
And Isaiah 1 8 says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. God performs a miracle. But what does the scarlet color of blood like sin stains have to do with worms, you ask? Well, scarlet is uh, in the color scheme of the decorations of the tabernacle, but the Hebrew word translated scarlet is the same word as worm. Now, why would that be? Well, the ancient scarlet dye came from a worm called the tola'oth. Very, not just any worm, but a special worm. Uh, the mother tola'oth worm transforms her body into a crimson-colored hard shell, as shown on the left, with her eggs inside. After hatching, the baby worms feed on the mother's body inside the shell. The mother dies, and the remains of the shell leave a crimson stain on the wood of the tree. Think about that. The mother dies for her children, leaving behind a crimson stain on a piece of wood. Well, uh, Matthew 27, 28, 29, they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. In Hebrew, that word scarlet would be the same as the worm. And then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. The scarlet robe was dyed by the Tola'oth worm that died. Isaiah 41, 14, Fear not, you worm, Jacob, and you men of Israel. I will help you, said the Lord, and your Redeemer, the Holy One uh, of Israel. The word for uh, worm here, again, is Tola'oth. The worm-like Christ becomes Christ, the Holy Redeemer of worm-like mankind. But look at the promise that follows uh, verse 14 in fifteen sixteen. Behold, I have made you a new sharp threshing sledge with double edges. You will thresh the mountains and pulverize them and will make the hills like chaff. You will winnow them and the wind will carry them away, and the storm will scatter them. But you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. See, the worm will overcome a mountain. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, which, of course, refers to Jesus in Isaiah 41.10. God is on the side of us worms. What a wonderful thing. So now when I see a worm, I'm reminded of Psalm 22, 6. I am a worm, not a man, but will be glorified by Christ, who became a scarlet worm for me. Praise God. What began as a word study became a much wider study of God's word. When doing a word study, Allow the Holy Spirit to carry you down side roads into other words or thoughts. Because the word study is like a voyage to an unknown destination. Allow the spirit wind to blow you where he desires. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for these uh, uh, insights uh, into the 
the beauty and complexity and interwoven nature of your word uh, and the, uh, the symbolism um, that is uh, uh, woven through, through so many threads. Uh, your word is amazing, Lord. Uh, we praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you like this video, please share share with a friend or make a comment uh, on YouTube or privately at info at bubblemining.org. If you'd like a PDF uh, of this study, you can find it at our biblemining.org website. Thanks for watching and have a blessed week.